Do you read Stephen King? Good news, there's a club for you. The Losers Club. And guess what? You don't have to die at the hands of a shape-shifting clown to join. No, all you have to do is tune in every Friday as us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. Each week, we'll either spend hours reading between the pages of one of his books or chew on his latest tweets and Hollywood headlines. What's more, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Mick Garris, Jerry O'Connell, Mary Lambert, Will Wheaton, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. I am Tyler Clark, and I'm sitting down right now with uh, somebody who uh, didn't have far to come for this festival from right here in Chicago, uh, sitting here with FemDot. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? How was the... Uh, I know you, you performed yesterday, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did the, uh, how'd the set go? It was cool, man. It was hot as hell. Um, as all the hells, actually. Um, other than that, it was fine. It went, it went smooth, man. Um, like, the the crowd was great. Uh, I had a ball. Yeah. My, 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 my band had a ball. Uh, like, the sound people and everyone, like, at the stage people, they were super cool. So, I mean, for a first festival, I don't think we could have went any smoother, especially with how hot it was and what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I know there were some... some overheating equipment and all that kind of stuff going on yesterday so I'm glad yeah. that glad you avoided that yeah. it's kind of interesting doing a festival like this too because uh, you know in like I've you know I've read festival coverage where they say it's you know it is this huge opportunity to like introduce introduce yourself to a bunch of people but also yeah. like you're also kind of like it's almost like a commercial for your own shows and for your own music because yeah. you're talking to so many people who maybe haven't uh, you know, experienced your your stuff before. So you think you think you won some new fans yesterday? Well, yeah, I think at least one. You know, I got. I think I got at least one who was like, okay, you know, I don't know you, but I know you now. So that's that's cool because that's exactly what it is. It's like a commercial. I mean, uh, and I think that's why it's important to rap like no one knows you on stage. So that way, like even the people who do know you see like you're interested, and the people who don't know you will want to know that you know you. So. You know, it was cool. So maybe one, maybe one or two, hopefully. Right. Well, that's that's that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I bet it was higher. Yeah. Um, so Chicago hip hop obviously has been, uh, you know, well represented at Lollapalooza throughout mm-hmm. the years, and I mean, obviously this year's no different. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how you feel as a Chicago hip hop artist to be representing your city, and also like, I, I'm just wondering where you feel like you fit into a scene. Who I feel like the, the sort of defining feature of Chicago hip hop is that it is like there's just so much variety. Like, yeah. There's not a dominant, you know, sound. Thing. Sound, yeah. yeah. I feel like I mean, first of all, performing here was crazy. It's just uh, the energy is different. I mean, just knowing, like, what I mean, Lala literally transforms a city for a week. You know, literally, like they like we're by Lakeshore Drive currently. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, just seeing everything kind of change and and to be a part of that and even just like. It's something about Chicago for me personally that, like, energy-wise, it does something to me in general. So now you like, 
amplify that and performing in the biggest Chicago festival at Chicago is like wow, it's it's super wild. Um, I mean, in terms of just like where I fit in this in the the grand scheme of like the city scene, I guess. Um, I what I've been really focused on, I think, which you, you mentioned was a really good point, um, talking about how no one really has the same sound, but everybody sounds very authentic. Everyone, uh, everyone who really makes it out of Chicago is a very, like, there's a lot of authenticity to them, and I feel like that's what I bring, and that's what I can add to it. I feel like I don't sound like anybody else, and that's the Chicago sound. I feel like I'm authentic to me, and uh, by doing that only further, you know, like, proves the point that Chicago artists are, are very authentic and very true to themselves. Um, so I was reading um, some of you know some of the interviews that you've done with with other publications out mm -hmm. there, and one of them that stuck out to me was um, in uh, a, you know a recent interview that you did with Nylon. You talked yeah. about um, your time at Penn State and that sort of feeling that you got that like fear that like FOMO feeling when yeah. like acid rap dropped, and you were you were in Pennsylvania when that happened. You, you came back, and you know you've been here ever since. Yeah. Um, do you still feel like you missed that moment, or do you think you? caught up since then. Side note, when did FOMO become, a, like, the phrase FOMO become a thing? I hear it all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, we try to figure that out. Yeah, I don't, it feels like maybe the last, like, four or five years, maybe? Okay, yeah. it's, it's yeah. super catchy. I'm glad yeah. it's a thing, but I was yeah. like, damn, like, somebody said it, and I was like, FOMO, wow, that <laughs> makes sense. But in terms of FOMO, um, I mean, not anymore, really, um, because uh, at, at this point, in my career or just in my life in general, I just figure like, okay, I just have to just work harder than everybody and everything else to work itself out. Um, things happen for a reason because in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't make the music I make now if I hadn't gone to Penn State for a year because even a lot of records on this new project were started there, you know, based on like how I felt there. So if I was home, I could have been thinking a completely different way. Um, so it's not really, and even it wasn't like a, oh my God, like, I, this should be me thing. It was more like a oh, I could have been in this mix, but if it's not me, at least I'm glad it's somebody I know, you know, or someone I'm cool with. Um, and now that I'm home, I'm like I'll never miss, and I never want to feel like that again, or feel like I missed the opportunity. So I'm just gonna like try to outwork everybody, so my opportunity will keep presenting itself. So uh, your new record is out on closed sessions, yeah, which yeah. as I, I feel like is sort of the I mean I, I was I was talking to Mike earlier and I said like hidden you know sort of hidden gem of Chicago but it's not yeah. really hidden anymore because you know everybody knows uh, that group of people Jamila Woods Quaker Collins um, talk a little bit about like how that relationship came about what it's been like and also like what it's like to be on a label that you know is sort of like a rising star kind of thing like how does that validate your own work but also like maybe challenge you to keep like topping yourself or topping your label mates or that sort of thing? I think it's really, um, I mean, I think everything's really interesting about the Close Sessions relationship. Uh, I've been recording at Soundscape since I was 15. Um, I've, my engineer, my engineer's been engineering there forever. I've been super comfortable. Um, Bridges, their creative director, like, is my, one of my really good friends and one of my creative directors. And, like, it's just, like, stuff just made, like, Stuff I wanted to do just made sense. Um, I mean, I've known Alex for a while. Like I used to submit to Ruby on it, you know. Um, and obviously, I see Mike around because I would be in the studio all the time. And uh, as you know, time has gone by, and I've developed myself as an artist, and kind of started making, you know, whatever slight moves or waves or whatever you want to call it in Chicago. Um, 
mind you, I'm still recording them mostly at Soundscape. Like you can't help but to see me, you know. And uh, I think what I think the best thing about it is that I'm, I'm really able to be the kind of not like guinea pig, but like definitely the like one of the first to really try their distribution out in the way that it is, because um, they. They reached out after we dropped the EPs. Um, like, yo, we want to help you like with your next project. If that's something you want to do, we will do distribution for you, and you know we'll like you know help you record it here, and you can put it out here and things of that sort. And we'll help distribute it. We don't want to come in and interrupt you know what you have because I already had a team going into it. So we don't want to interrupt what you have, but we want to just you know open our resources to you for this next project, and. Um, so it's going back and forth with like uh, my manager Tamika, like Elliot, and a couple other people. We're really mapping out everything that makes sense, and those other like situations that were available. Um, but just you know, the idea of like the industry in Chicago being built and knowing I can play a part in that. If I could be like someone be like, yeah, no, like I did this project, do, do closed sessions. It was cool. You should do it. You know, you should do that too, or you should help do that too. I think that's super cool, and it's been cool. It's been a learning experience. I mean, I'm working with so many people having to convey my, my ideas to so many people because I'm such like a, a person, such like a, a like I, I like to try to do everything myself. So like having to convey that to other people is real interesting. And, um, but yeah, I mean, but like the actual recording process and the musical part of it didn't change at all. It was more just um, seeing how certain situations work um, with a bigger entity, which is really cool. So it, it's been it's been fine. Um, but I think the, the the most interesting thing is the fact that like if somebody if they approach somebody else about oh let's distribute it let's distribute your project and see who we can grow I'm somebody who they can see as a reference based on how I'm doing you know, oh okay maybe that's something I want to do here instead of at like an empire or something like that which is nothing wrong with any of these other situations but they're not based here you know what I'm saying yeah. so I think that plays a part. So I want to talk uh, influences for a minute. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, you've, you know, you've spoken about your affinity for a lot of the like '90s New York sound, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of those artists who sort of, I think, you know, rightly so, play sort of a, a big part in um, in a lot of people's, um, you know, careers and, yeah. and performance. How, um, in your mind, does like does your work build upon that tradition, and then also like how do you do things differently? Um, I feel like. I think the biggest thing uh, in a lot of the artists that I, I genuinely, like, early, especially early on, like, was interested in was, one, they use their voice really, really, really well, um, like, uh, even, like, inflections and things of that sort, like, like Jay-Z once practiced the line, uh, I sold a doll from crack to opium, like, three hours to get the opium right, you know what I'm saying? That's, like, a thing, um, but also just the pen itself, like, you know, like, just focusing on, like, literary devices or trying to just sound, you know, try to tell a story in the most simple way possible uh, or things of that sort, even just the most complicated way possible, just to flex your words a little bit. Um, I think that's something that initially I took on, and as I've uh, developed as an artist, I started listening more for the, like, the musicality of things and the feeling of things, how to convey that. And a lot of the artists that I really, like, look up to have been able to transcend and, and remain relevant because they're able to do that and um, that's super cool and I mean and even just in terms of me being different I mean I really focus on my reality and I focus on uh, what, what goes around me and I feel like it's really hard to sound like somebody else when you're only talking about what you know 
you know, when you're when you're trying to, to incorporate what you may think will be cool or what other people think, it's possible to kind of blend in with somebody else, but it's a lot harder to sound like somebody else when you're only really going off what you know, influences and everything. Because even then, like, Jay-Z's not Nigerian, you know? So, like, certain melodies I heard in the house he would have never heard, you know, or ideas or things of that sort. So it's just, like, remembering to always draw deep into what I know in order to create. And I feel like that will always kind of separate me no matter how much I'm influenced by somebody else. It's interesting that you that you uh, bring that up because that's something else I was um, uh, wanted to ask you about. I know on your um, SoundCloud bio, it describes you as a writer by nature and a rapper by craft. Yeah. Uh, and I know that like you've you've had experience. You've worked with like young Chicago authors. You mm-hmm. you competed in Louder Than a Bomb. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, so how I guess how does your experience as a writer influence your music and like what's the What's the ratio uh, between writer and rapper? Is it like 50-50 or does like one take precedence over the other? Does it change depending on the situation? I think it changes depending on the situation. But I think the, the best way I could put how writing has impacted my, uh, my rapping ability is purely based upon storytelling and trying to convey a story. And my fourth grade teacher, <laughs> Mrs. Wright, who had us write these five paragraph essays. And she would always say, no fluff, no, you know, fillers, you know, have an attention grabber and strong, you know, try to get your story across in the most few amount of words as possible. And it's crazy because when you think about that, like that's what good storytellers do, you know, like. So when I look at raps, I'm like, okay, no fluff, have an attention grabber, Try to tell this in the fewest words possible, but convey the message. Um, I wonder if I can, like, like, I remember one day in school, it was a writer who made a story in four words, I think, or something like that. I think the, the story was uh, baby shoes for sale, never used. And that's the entire story. But you have a whole picture based off those words. I'm like, wow, that's phenomenal writing. Like, So trying to get to that level. So, like, it's a lot of, like, spontaneous references to like writing that like I would think about when I'm trying to really more or less tell a story than anything else if I'm just trying to like you know write you know just to flex bars or something then that kind of plays more that's less more like okay like like okay let me try to convey this and more like let me just see how how good I am with this pen but like in terms of like really getting an idea across and letting it stick uh, I, I tend to draw back to like my English classes and things of that sort and a lot of like writing stuff I was told about. Um, also, just real quick, just wanted to, to bring this up because I think this is a really interesting um, part of your uh, story, your background. Yeah. Uh, you know, we mentioned you, you went to Penn State and then you came back, you went to DePaul. You got your degree in uh, biological sciences, yeah. is that right? And I know you also studied uh, immunology and infectious diseases at, at Penn, Penn State. State yeah. yeah. So I guess, what drew you to those fields, and also like how did how does that experience the like experience of you know working in the lab and working in in sort of the sciences? How does that affect like your creative process or you know your your life as a performer? I've always been interested in science, um, specifically uh, in the diseases malaria, sickle cell, and diabetes because they're the diabetes is very rampant in my family and in my community. Uh, malaria is uh, a disease that's heavily uh, affected in West Africa and sickle cell and malaria are connected. 
um, sickle cell actually is a a like it's formed based off of like the body's response to malaria over evolution. So the reason why the cells are sickle is because people who are uh, malaria resistant, um, but who are like carriers of the disease, are immune to sickle cell. And it's, it's yeah, it's a whole thing, you know. It's science. yeah, science. Wow, the more you know. Uh, so um, just trying to eradicate that's always kind of been a thing for me. Um, and I think just uh, in labs and stuff, uh, we have like a scientific method. We have to be like super uh, precise and like really like plan everything out accordingly. And that's how I am with my music. Like I plan every every sound, every song, every song title, every, the order. Everything is very specific and is real planned out. I didn't realize that wasn't a thing for most people until like I would talk to other artists. Um, and as I kind of started reflecting on myself, I realized that that may also, you know, play into the fact that I've had to do, I have to write lab reports before I go in the lab, and I have to write out all of the instructions in a way that I can understand them so I can do the experiment without any help. Um, so stuff like that is always kind of just like blending into each other. I feel like I look at science creatively. Um, so because like, I like, for example, like, I explain science things to my like teachers and stuff in like regular terms. Like I would talk about like a confounding factor or something that may change a situation by like going to the club. Like that's my example. Like we can't get in the club or something. Um, so like I look at science creatively. So I guess in the, when I come back to like my creative side, I maybe I look at that scientifically. I don't. Know. I don't know. It's, it's actually kind of interesting now that, that I'm thinking about it. I really like that. Uh, that sort of yeah that combination um so obviously just real quick as a local artist you know this is not your typical uh summer weekend in chicago probably yeah, no. being here at Lollapalooza. what would you be doing today if you weren't uh, at Lollapalooza? um if i was not at Lollapalooza, so would it still be going on or would it not be going on because those are two different things because if it wasn't going on and i wasn't here i'd probably be trying to finesse my way in here <laughs> but if it wasn't going on a regular weekend i would probably be if I'm in Chicago, I'll probably be running around, probably making music, popping out or something. Probably just right now, especially with the weather, I'd have probably just been making music in the house or in the studio somewhere. Somewhere with air conditioning? Somewhere with a lot of air conditioning. Uh, that probably be what I'd be doing. All right, man. Well, we'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much, uh, FemDot. I learned a lot. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah, I learned a lot too. It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza all week long. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five-star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us, why not write us a review? And on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.